This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back for another Six Rings and Prospect Things podcast as we head closer and closer toward the 2023 NFL Draft. little over two weeks away. And we are jumping into the most important position in the draft, the most important position in football, the most important position in all of sports. We are talking quarterbacks today, and that may or may not include the New England Patriots. We can jump into that because Chris Scheim joining me, Andy Jumbo Hart here on the Six Rings podcast family. The Patriots had a franchise quarterback as of this time a year ago when it seemed Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick were all in uh, on Mac Jones after a Pro Bowl rookie season. A year later, we have the reports from Florio, and I know you guys talked to Florio on the uh, Greg Hill Show on WEEI in the morning, that Bill Belichick shopped Mac Jones. Now, whether he shopped him, had trade discussions, has fallen out of love with him, whatever, he has now gone, what are we at, about eight months since the last time he really seemed to be uh, all in fully committed yeah. and invested to Mac Jones. So let's start there. Are the Patriots uh, in line to potentially draft not a quarterback? Cause I think they're obviously in line to draft a quarterback at some point in the draft. Are they in line to draft a relatively early quarterback and maybe even first round? I want to say yes, just because I think that there would be exceptionally exceptionally good drama. But I think in their minds right now, like, yeah, they'll draft a quarterback because they're going to have a third quarterback on this roster. Um, you saw them. They were at what Malik Cunningham's pro day yep. just the other day. Uh, so I think for almost certain they will draft a quarterback at some point. I don't think he will be a uh, quarterback in contention for the starting job. However, I think. Unless there is some kind of remarkable Mac Jones trade, which not even I expect at this point, um, I don't think that they're going to draft a quarterback with intent that he would play any time this year. Uh, they're going to draft a guy that they can keep in the back, make sure they learn the system, and worst case scenario, break in case of emergency, he has to play a game, he can do so. Um, but right now, I, I think that it's really between Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. And I think it's very much so like, 70% in favor of Mac Jones still like I'm not giving Bailey Zappi more than 30% of a chance to start a game this year. Um, but as of right now, I think 30% is, is a fair value for him. Um, and so I, yes, I think they're in the market for a quarterback, not a starting quarterback. Side note, if they start Bailey Zappi, I think they'll be in a market for a top five pick and a quarterback in next year's draft, but that's a, that's a whole different discussion, different ball game. <laughs> um, so along the way, as we begin to break down the prospects for the quarterback position in the draft, we've had, uh, well, I'll say me first and foremost, those that listen to the other, um, stream of the mm -hmm. six rings podcast. know I floated the idea. I think AJ McCarron would make a ton of sense for this team that needs a veteran quarterback. Mike yeah. Giardi reported. They're thinking about it. McCarron is doing well in the XFL and I think is still a, you know, tangential NFL quarterback. He's mm -hmm. not your starter. He's not your guy, but if you want to add a veteran, especially if you got into a little 
urinating contest with Brian Hoyer or whatever the hell happened there that led to him being cut. And he's still making guaranteed money to now go play for the Las Vegas Raiders and Josh McDaniels. But forget about that because they could even have four quarterbacks coming in, especially if they use a mid to late round pick on a rookie. They could easily have four on the depth chart. Many teams do it during the summer. Now we've had, I floated the idea before his stock has seemingly risen, Hendon Hooker. I liked the idea of drafting him in the second round somewhere in there to rehab first and foremost from his ACL. And then when he's ready, be an option as a a franchise quarterback, an option that could compete with Mac, beat out Mac, and then you start the process all over again with Hendon Hooker. Now it looks like Hendon Hooker could be a first-round pick, which I was not Mike Tannenbaum went as far as to tweet today that he thinks Hendon Hooker will be the best quarterback in the class. I'm not sure I'm willing to go all in like that. Neither am I. I appreciate the effort by I have other hot takes coming, but that is not one of them. And then the other one, the hottest of hot takes, the funnest of fun takes, would be Anthony Richardson going to the Patriots, (laughs) either at 14 or the Patriots. I've even seen the idea of trading up to get Anthony Richardson pretty much the greatest athlete that's ever played the quarterback position based on all these uh, athletic testing, Cam Newton comparisons. He's big, he's strong, he's fast, he throws, he runs. Yeah, I don't think those are fair to Anthony Richardson. I think the Cam Newton comparison is uh, an understatement to, to how the level of talent I think Anthony Richardson possesses. I think he is a great talent. I'm not sure he's even a good quarterback, and that's where the lot, the divide lies. And I, I actually do think the comparison is probably closer to Josh Allen based on the overall size, arm strength, athleticism. And Josh Allen was not a good quarterback coming out of, of college. He was oh. a 50% type completion guy, turnover, scratch your head kind of guy. And obviously, I think if Anthony Richardson goes in the top, let's say, five to eight picks in the draft, I think he should write Josh Allen a paycheck because I think Josh Allen's evolution and becoming the great player after being the great prospect I think is helping Anthony Richardson but let's go in order so let's go in order let's kind of so I think the consensus safest or best quarterback whatever you want to call it doesn't mean they're going to go in these order but is Bryce Young for what he's done at Alabama he is super accomplished he really much pretty much can do it all he's 5'10". And that's the reality. He weighed in at 204 pounds of the combine. Most people realistically, he, he probably play. plays at 188. Right. So he is, he is small, but he's freaking good. Like you can't yeah. look, I can't take anything away from him. Like he's a really good football player. He's smart. He understands how to process. He understands how to go through reads and progressions. Like he is at sometimes he's almost like magician, like in the way he eludes pressure and gets yep. out of the pocket He doesn't necessarily have the best zip on his passes, but he's very accurate. He's accurate on the move and in the pocket. But again, like it it all boils down to he has such an outlier when it comes to size. So if and and I've I've talked to a lot of people, and so I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to pose it this way. If you were an NFL GM, would Bryce Young be on your draft board and would he be number one? He would definitely be on my draft board because I think the the position in the NFL is evolving smaller. It just is. Um, Drew Brees was an outlier 20 years ago. Now, whether it's like the steps to Baker Mayfield, then the steps to Kyler Murray, like this, they keep getting smaller. Yeah. They keep accepting that you can be good in the NFL at that height. Um, and when you have all the other stuff, the leadership, the, the processing, as you said, mm-hmm. you know, I was reading one thing that said he is genius level 
in terms of football. Yeah, they started um, releasing that new uh, like quarterback analysis where it's like it was the C2 test or something like that. Yep, uh, it's yep. in place of the Wonderlick, and he is like easily the highest in the in the class. And I think that's safe because between that, uh, another thing I didn't know, there's only been seven two-time captains under Nick Saban. He is one of them. Um, so like, I just think at, I think he, we always get into these cliches. I think his floor is pretty high. Like, I don't ever think you'll say he sucks. He's a bust. He's not your quarterback in a year or two years. He will play as long as he doesn't get hurt, which obviously is a concern. Could happen. Um, he will play competitive quarterback in the NFL for a decade. Like I, I feel pretty good about saying that. So for me, I asked you the question. And for me, if I was an NFL GM, I would not have Bryce Young on my draft board. There's, uh, yeah, I, and it's not even the height, right? Like, I, I agree with you. I think in a lot of positions, you're seeing it a lot, especially at wide receiver right now. They're just yep. getting smaller. Um, and it's, but, but in the NFL, they're still finding ways to succeed. You look at a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, who, you know, fourth, fifth round prospect all of a sudden gets drafted and he is a legitimate stud number one receiver in the NFL. The position is just getting smaller across the board. These guys are staying athletic, but the issue with Bryce Young to me, isn't necessarily the height. It's the height plus the weight is like with Kyler Murray. Yeah, he was short, but he was solid right like he was i want to say it was like two almost like 210 pounds like and it was there was some thickness there and you felt comfortable in an ability to take a hit where with bryce young outside of Devontae smith i can't think of another player that has been this slight and for me i get very nervous about the hits like I, i was watching him against tennessee because that was one of the tougher games that Alabama had to play. He was under pressure a lot in that game. And in particular, one series, he was in his own end zone and he got crushed on a play that he threw the ball away. And I was like, I, he takes that hit in the NFL. I'm nervous every time that he's going to mm-hmm. get up. And mm-hmm. I can't, as an NFL GM, I wouldn't be, be able to allow myself to, to take a player that every single time he gets hit like that, I am going to be, oh my God, what's it? Is he okay? I mean, it's a consideration. I wouldn't have the same fears because I think in the NFL, and I think, again, this is trended this way, you have to draft talent. You have to draft ability. And I think he has the talent and the ability, and more importantly, or maybe equally as importantly, the intangibles of leadership and and confidence and smarts. And, I mean, this is a guy coming out of matter that, like, he has been on the track of elite quarterback basically his entire life. And – He's met the challenge each and every step of the way. And you're always going to have those outliers. I mean, it's like, you know, we talked about um, Tank Dell. We talked about um, Emmanuel Forbes. Like, but the reality is, it seems like the game is trending away from the, and I, and I think this is an interesting conversation to have elsewhere, the, the elite characteristics that Bill, I think, harped on for so long at so many positions that it's about, can he play? Can he play at a high level? Can he play in crunch time? Can like those types of things are really mattering more to GMs and coaches. And, and I think it should. And like, if you, if you play out of fear, sometimes I think you, you're playing catch up and you miss opportunities. That said, I should probably rewind. I don't think any quarterback in this draft is a sure thing. I don't think there is a sure thing in this draft. I absolutely do not. I think there are warts on all of them. Yep. I would not feel all in or one like you know how much i loved joe burrow yeah 
I was all in on Joe. Like I had never had a single doubt in my mind. If if I were the team picking one overall, I would have drafted Joe Burrow on December 25th or whatever the hell day they would have let me turn the card in. <laughs> um, this, I don't think there's anybody in this class. I think there's some good players. And I yeah. think there's guys that if they stay healthy and reach their upside can be really, really good NFL quarterbacks. But I would be, I would have hesitation with every name I wrote down if I was a GM. I will. Uh, this is going to be my first hot take of the podcast because I, I have come with a lot of them today. Uh, I think there's a chance Bryce Young is the fifth or sixth best quarterback in this draft. That wouldn't surprise me. I'm fine. Uh, with yeah, that. I, I just think that's hot. I think I there's plenty of talent. I don't love like he's good at football, but I just I guess I don't love the way he plays it. You know what I mean? It's like you watch him play, and it's like I understand that the, the production is there, the numbers and everything say that. But when I watch the tape and I watch him play, I'm like. I don't, I, I just, I don't see it all the time. And I don't see, I don't see everything that I want to see out of a quarterback that plays football. And it just, it's, it's a weird feeling. It's not a feeling I've had uh, in a long time where I expected so much more than what I saw. Okay. Now I will say the comparisons to Drew Brees, people do always forget because Drew Brees was never sexy. The sexiest no. thing about Drew Brees was 5,000 yards. That's what was sexy about him. But I also and think Drew Brees had like, he was very meticulous about footwork and things like that, where Bryce mm -hmm. Young is very kind of freewheeling, especially when it comes to his footwork. Yes, yeah, and that's fair, but I think that actually adds a dimension, and when you mix that with becoming a career, having a quarterback coach working 24-7, yep. 365, I'm intrigued to see where that goes. But I would also say, anytime you compare one of these small quarterbacks to Drew Brees and arm strength and anticipation and all – you're comparing him to a Hall of Fame quarterback. And you're comparing him to a guy that played in a dome. So I better yeah. you better get your ass into a dome, would True. the way I'd say it. I don't want you ending up in a place where weather and wind and conditions and different things that are challenging to even quarterbacks that are tall, strong arm, big hands, all those prototypes. So I, I think people need to remember that, like, Drew Brees played in a dome when his career took off, and I think that yeah. was a key aspect to his career. Okay, so let's move along to, I think, the person most people believe is the second best or maybe first best quarterback in this draft, CJ Stroud out of Ohio state. We have to pause momentarily for you to tell me what CJ is, uh, stands for. Oh, I didn't know that it was stood for. Oh, this is, this is Andy's favorite new game. Uh, is it, um, also kind of a trick question, but go ahead. Is it, is it just CJ? No. And he is CJ Stroud. The fourth, just so you oh, know. Okay. Uh, is it, um, let's go with, uh, Charles Joseph. No. So the trick part of this is, uh, first of all, the C is an interesting name, but the J is actually for the junior part of because he is okay. the fourth in line or whatever, yep. I believe. So the his real name is Coleridge Bernard Stroud, and he wow. is the fourth in that line. Okay. So his dad is the third. So. But and so the I, J I, is junior, so it's I, like I think it's Coleridge Junior. Got it. Is is the what the CJ comes from? But anyway, okay. move along. Six foot three, two hundred. I love those little aspects. I yeah, I love your little game. I'm we wrong have, every we time. We have a few more fun. of those that'll come uh, later in this process. But um, six foot three, two hundred and fourteen pounds. So obviously a bigger frame, bigger yeah. quarterback. Um, Two-year starter for Ohio State, 85 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, All-American, captain, completed almost 70% of his passes, um, obviously surrounded by really good playmakers in the passing game, not just the guys that are 
came out last year, coming out this year, but will also come out next year. And Marvin Harrison, like so loaded receivers. I, I'm going to say for him, I don't know where he's going, but I'm going to say for him, like we said, for Mac, he ain't going to see the kind of receivers he saw in a huddle wherever he ends up the way he saw them at Ohio State. No, I agree. But I, I also think so. The, and I have this written down in my notes. I think CJ Stroud is the quarterback that delusional Patriots fans think Mac Jones can be. Okay. And Explain. so uh, I, I think he is exceptionally smart. He yep. is a traditional pocket passer. He yep. can rip through his reads. He has an insane level of accuracy with his throws. Like he doesn't just like throw to the guy. He throws guys open. And like, I understand mm -hmm. a lot, a lot of the times when he's throwing Marvin Harrison jr, Marvin Harrison jr is going to get open anyways, but yep. When he's not like he's throwing guys open constantly uh, with time in the pocket, he can put the ball just about anywhere on the field. I think he has a stronger arm than a guy like Mac Jones. I think it has more zip. I think he can hit. He's better down the field. Uh, with all that being said, I do think his biggest thing is he struggles with pressure. He's not nearly as mobile as I feel like he could be. Um, and I don't think he quite understands yet how to, move within the pocket, right? There's two kinds of mobility when it comes to quarterbacks in football. It's actual mobility, like your ability to run. You guys like Jalen Hurts, guys like Lamar Jackson, but there's also Tom Brady level kind of mobility right. where you're sliding up in the pocket, sliding left, sliding right to just create that extra one or two seconds that allows you to find the guy and throw him open. I think CJ Stroud can get there to having that in-pocket mobility, but as of right now, with a clean pocket, like this guy is the best, in my opinion, the best thrower of the football in the draft, bar none, hands down. Yeah, I think you like him more than I do. And I think my biggest concern, um, I I think he fixates on, on first options a lot. I think he okay. can go through his reads. But I think, and, and this is, I think, a byproduct of the weapons. Sometimes the first option is the open option. The and option. there's no need to go to read number two or read number three. Um, it's like in baseball, you know, the first strike might be the best you get. So take a hack at it kind of thing. Yep. Um, so I, I, I'm interested to see where he develops. I, I think he has enough athleticism to be fine when he starts to really focus on pocket presence, footwork, movement. My concern is as a digester of plays, and I think Mac has not been as good at this as people perceived he would be in the NFL. And I think that's been part of his struggles at times. I think CJ Stroud is going to face that challenge as well. Now, I think he has a lot of upside. I think he could easily end up being the best quarterback in this draft. That, that would not stun me um, if that's where it goes. But those sort of lock-on first read, he's open throw, didn't have to do anything else. That's not going to be realistic in the NFL very often. Um, and, and that's my concern with him. Again, that's a concern of high first round pick like yeah exactly warts what am i you know picking of the nits why yep. why will he fail why will he not be as good as the second pick in the draft or the third pick in the draft that would be my concern yeah i think he has the highest floor of any quarterback in this class uh like worst absolute worst case scenario he is in the league for 12 or 13 years like as a backup spot starter like finding jobs on different teams uh as a starter for a season but like occasionally being a backup on a really good team i agree and i think i think that's absolute worst case scenario with i mean him. in a league where geno smith is like doing what he's doing and has yeah. the, you know come back and the contract and all that i think to say cj stroud can absolutely be Worst case scenario, Geno Smith, where he's on different teams and then all the maybe he gets multiple or a rich man's Brian Hoyer. Hell, yeah. that guy got like 
five shots at being a starting quarterback at various places. So, yep. yeah, I, I would agree with that 100%. My concerns are more like franchise quarterback. Is he that guy? Um, and I think that'll be an interesting to debate, look at moving forward. Sure. So, so now I, I, those two personally, in my opinion, are the safest quarterbacks in this draft. I think C.J. Young is the best. I mean, Bryce, uh, Young. Bryce Young is, is see CJ Young would be a hell of a player. You could do <laughs> that. Now you've got the guy I'd be happy to take number one overall. Yep. Um, but Bryce Young as the undersized um, leader and genius, blah, blah, blah. CJ Stroud has the size and I think the pocket presence. We'll see where he develops. Then you get into the questions. So I'm just going to go in order next on my list. Will Levis, um, Jay Cutler comparisons, Newton Mass native out of Connecticut. Um, went to Penn State, did nothing, goes to Kentucky, blows up, puts up numbers, six foot four, 229 pounds. Don't know how big his arms are measure, but they are large when he went uh, sleeveless at the combine, sun's out, guns out in uh, Indy. Um, two-time captain, two-year starter, 46 touchdowns, 25 interceptions, 65% completion, um, has the size, has the arms. I don't know if he has the football IQ decision-making ability. He doesn't. That's um, – that's a concern for me, and and it's a major concern. It's not a – yeah, I don't know that I, – I, I don't think I would draft him in the first round. So so I I think uh, I think I would if – depending on who my coach was uh, because okay. the first thing I thought when I watched him – Matt Patricia. No, absolutely not if I have Matt Patricia. <laughs> the first thing I thought was, holy smokes, it's just a yoked-up version of Kirk Cousins. Okay. He is just like this guy. He has a live arm, solid zip. It's probably the strongest arm in the class. He claims he can throw 80 yards like on a dot, like just absolute missile. Uh, I have no reason to doubt him. I've seen him launch one from like 50 and 60 yards. Oh, yeah. He hit the roof of his building. Like this guy's arm is insane. And he doesn't he has, lack for confidence. What did he say? No. I have a cannon at the combine. I'm going to go yep. show it or something. Exactly. And like okay. his offensive line, if you look at his tape from 2021 to 2022, there's a massive difference. 2021, he had a lot better weapons. His offensive line wasn't one of the worst in college football. In 2022, all those weapons are in the NFL and his offensive line stinks. They were ass cheeks bad. Like it was so bad, but like, I'm not making excuses for him by any means. He's not a big touch throw guy, but if I, I just envision him being a first round pick similar to that of Jared Goff, right? Like if he gets drafted by a Sean McVay, a Kyle Shanahan, who's like, Hey, look at, I dialed up the, I dialed up the play, go through your reads, point and shoot. Like the guy, one of these guys will be open. He can do that. And he can do that effectively. I don't think though, he is going to get up to the line of scrimmage. He's going to be able to read the defense, change up the play, change the protections. That kind of stuff to me is the big questions with Will Levis. But like, if I have a really good foundation with an offensive coach, I think he could be what Jared Goff was for the Rams in those first couple of years under Sean McVay. Um, you know, I don't know that he will have the evolution that I feel Jared Goff has had now in Goff's career being on the Lions. I think Goff is a really, really good quarterback right now. Um, I don't think that Will, Le will Levis will necessarily have that jump, but I guess there's a possibility, right? If, if one guy can do it, the, the other guy can with, with certain experience. But I think there's a lot to like about Levis. But for me, it's that, that inability, I guess, to read defenses pre-snap, the pre-snap changes that would give me a lot of cause for concern. Yeah, I... To me, in the old days, he's like a second round pick or something, and now he's going to go probably in the top half of the first. Oh, round see, in and... in in the old days, to me, he feels like the number one overall pick. 
that big, tall, just strong guy that has good zip on the ball. He hits his targets, but like, mm. it, it, I don't know. To me, it feels like in those old days, this is the kind of guy that you'd line up under center in an I formation. You're running play action. You're doing these things, and he goes like one overall. Maybe I just, uh, my guess would be he's going to have a very disappointing NFL career. That would be where I, if I had to bet. Yeah. Look, I, I think his ceiling is right around Kirk cousins and Kirk cousins is having a very fine career, but again, mm-hmm. it's a very fine career. And that's kind of, to me, what will Levis' ceiling is. But the, the difference is Kirk cousins is like the check down King. who will take his stats and go home. Yeah, this guy will rip it. He'll grip it and rip it yeah. a little bit. He's going to, uh, and that's fun. I, I, it can be entertaining oh, yeah. unless it's your quarterback. <laughs> then True. it's not as entertaining. Uh, so next we get to Anthony Richardson, oh, speaking of entertaining, who is just a really unique prospect. 13 career starts, six foot four, 244 pounds, 54% completion percentage. Nope, that's not good. 24 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. That is not good. Um, but he can run around you. He can run over you. He can throw through you. He can do to defenses what Josh Allen has done for about the last two and a half years to the Patriots defense when basically said, you tell me how you want me to beat you and I'll do it. Anthony Richardson has that ability. The only question is, can he put it all together to be the CEO of a team and lead a team and be that guy in the middle of everything? So here's so I'm not and this is not me making excuses for him, but I would ask any here come the excuses any uh you know any watcher of college football to name his number one receiver this year. Yep, and they I would wager donuts to dollars that they probably can't do that. It's a guy by the name of Alex Pearsall, a name you're never going to hear again. By the way, Um, first and last, it's you basically because I, I just think that. Okay, so this is one of this is one of my uh, analogies for you. This is my good quarterback analogy. Playing quarterback in the NFL to me, it's like making a pizza. Of course, everything relates to food. It's kind of how it goes. Okay, I like pizza, but it's making a pizza. When you look at a guy, and a lot of people throw out box scores and the fact he hasn't played a lot, and I recognize all that. I see that. I understand what you're saying, and they compare him to a guy. Um, like Trey Lance, who was drafted three overall, but was clearly just way too raw and needed time. When you Trey Lance was still learning how to make a pizza, Anthony Richardson understands how to make the pizza. He understands how to make the knead the dough, make the roll it out, get your pizza crust ready, put the sauce and the cheese and the pepperoni on it, and stick it in the oven. He understands all those things. But he doesn't understand the fine-tuning things, right? Like the he doesn't have a family recipe special sauce. He doesn't know how to toss on different ingredients. He doesn't know that he can mess around. He's just starting to learn that he can mess around with the cook times on the pizza at different temperatures in the oven to make sure it comes out the way he wants it. And so I think Anthony Richardson has a far greater grasp of the position of quarterback than a guy like Trey Lance did. Um, I think he understands the idea, the, the the progression of reads. He understands how to go through them. He understands just the the position in its entirety, and that's aside from his ability to run. Right, this is just talking about playing quarterback. His arm is excellent. Does he lack touch a lot of the times? Yep, sure does. Can he airmail a ball that he's throwing out to the flat? Yes, he sure can. But at the same time, uh, second hot take of the podcast, I think. Anthony Richardson will be better than Josh Allen. I think and he should be the number one pick in the draft. 
I agree. I 100% believe that Anthony Richardson should, without a question of in my mind, be the number one pick in this draft. And that's prior to me even getting to the fact that he is the most, and when I say the most, I mean the number one most athletic quarterback ever measured at the mm -hmm. Combine. In the history of the NFL Combine, he is the most athletic to the point where relative athletic score gave him a 10.0. Because no, he is the top. He is the new official grading markers because that's how athletic this guy is. I don't think he wants to run. I think he runs because he can, uh, especially when you watch him. Like, it's not a, oh, I'm just going to tuck and run thing. Kind of like with Jalen Hurts. You saw a lot this year. He'll drop back. First read isn't there. Boom, I'm out of the pocket. I'm gone. I don't think that's the way Anthony, it doesn't, when I watch him, when you sit down and you watch the tape, that doesn't feel like that's the way he tries to play. That's not how his mind processes. He's going one read, two read, three read, and then maybe he'll run. Or if the pressure's just insane, that's when you'll see him get out of the pocket because he has to. So I agree. He goes through his reads. There's no doubt about that. And so I do think that'll benefit him if he can continue to do that, even in the face of, more complex defenses, more pressure schemes, like the various things they're going to throw at him at the NFL level. And the running ability is always that catch 22 we talk about. Like, it's great to have, but it, do you fall back on it? Like, Justin Fields, are you going to turn into a thrower? Or are we going to see every game where there is a, uh, a race between your rushing yards and your passing yards because you've run for 102 in the first half but have only thrown for 87 or something like that? So yeah, I think that's the challenge he's going to face. I think he's the guy that really, if he could end up with, and we all know I love Brian Dable. I think Dable would be the, the QB oh whisperer of the moment. If he could end up with a guy like Brian Dable, I think he could have a really bright NFL future. Um, if I were swinging for the fences, like if I were trying to think of a team that that would swing for the fences, but I can't really think of a specific, but like if I'm frustrated with my quarterback, like, the, oh, the Colts, absolutely. The effing NFL, the Indianapolis Colts. I have tried so many different ways and I went with the safe pick, Al, uh, Andrew Luck. He porked me. In the end, he porked me and left me hanging dry. I went with the guy I had in Jacoby Brissett. Then I started going all these veteran routes, the talented veteran route. Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz. Right. You know what? I would take Anthony Richardson and say, F it. We've screwed it up every other way. Let's go for the lottery ticket here. Let's go for the home run. The Colts. That's who I, I would draft him if I were the Colts. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, if there's no way. In my opinion, I don't think he makes it past the fourth pick in the draft. Like, I think, in my opinion, he should be the number one overall pick. If I am the Carolina Panthers, I'm drafting Anthony Richardson, and I'm gonna be, and I would tell all my fans, guys, you saw Cam Newton in his first few years here; he was awesome. This guy can be better. This guy can be better and for longer. Um, and and, and so, with a supposed QB guru and Frank Reich. Now, exactly. I say supposed because I'm not sure exactly where that stands his guru nature, but. Um, no, I, I think he's an intriguing guy. Uh, the last guy that I think we have to talk about with any first-round potential we touched on earlier as a potential yep. would-be Patriot, Hendon Hooker. Uh, older prospect, 25 years old, although there's a bunch of those 24 and 25-year-olds in this draft thanks to COVID and various transfers and all kinds of things. Uh, super seniors, as they like to call them in the scouting world. Um, Hendon Hooker, six foot three, 217 pounds, captain. Um, torn ACL is a problem. He was putting up ridiculous numbers, might've won the Heisman had he not gotten hurt, um, hung 50 on Alabama and Nick Saban, 80 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 67% led the, 
SEC in completion percentage, is a pocket passer with the ability to run. Now, the claim, the idea is he comes from a simplistic offense. There's going to be a scheme. It's very different than an NFL offense. And that's fine. But I'll, all I will say is this. I think more and more teams are deciding, well, why don't we kind of try to make it work for our quarterback? And smart teams are. And that's what smart teams do. And I think that's the team that takes Hendon Hooker. The age in the ACL, having like those two against you, is weird because the the thing I, he is from the same recruiting class as Tua, and Tua feels like he's been in the NFL forever already. And he's Hendon been in Hooker, the NFL for four years, right? And now Hendon Hooker is coming in with a limitation that may you know not have him ready to necessarily be to go as a rookie. So you're talking about healthy NFL players going to be 26 years old, and that's mildly concerning. But I also think he has the upside potential to be a top half of the NFL starting quarterback. Uh, okay, hot take number three. Three? Hendon Hooker, you are a Detroit Lion. Okay. I think Detroit will trade out of 19. Uh, they will trade back later in the first round to a team that needs to come up for a corner or receiver or whatever run that's currently going on. Uh, and they will draft Hendon Hooker at the back end of the first round uh, as their quarterback because right now they're locked. they have Jared Goff. They can get out of them and they can save like $30 million. But I think they really like Jared Goff in the building for right now. Um, and so it gives Hendon Hooker the, the hooker, the perfect opportunity to get drafted to a team that he doesn't need to start for right away. That has a, what I believe looks like a fantastic infrastructure. That's building the correct way. They have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball at the offensive line, uh, at receiver, at running back. And then when they decide that it's finally time to move on from Jared Goff, if things don't go the way they hope it does do this does this year, and they don't win that division, even though they're the odds on favorites, then it's like, okay, let's go to Hendon because Hendon has a very, he has a live arm. It's explosive. I think he's accurate. I think his biggest struggle is accuracy when he's moving uh, out of the pocket. That's easily his, yeah, he, he, he has a tendency to sail it, but again, Jared Goff doesn't move out of the pocket at all. And, and he's in, in this offense has done a really good job. And so I think around this kind of talent in, I think Brad Holmes is really doing a great job at building the Detroit lions from the ground up. I think Dan Campbell to his credit has done a great job as the head coach. I think Hendon hooker would be perfect as a Detroit lion, not having to start right away starts in his year, you know, it'll be 26 years old, but in the NFL nowadays, he could have an easily, you know, seven, eight really solid years of a good career. And I think on a team that's being built this way, I think it'd be the perfect fit. Well, and I always believe, and it's sort of like my Bryce Young thing, like you draft talent. If the guy can play, okay, so maybe I'd prefer he can play 15 years instead of 10. But take if he eight. can play, he can play. Like, yeah, I'd rather him play shorter than a guy who, oh, he, he's going to play 15 years, but he sucks. Like, he's not yeah. as good. So take the talent, Hendon Hooker. Okay, now we have sort of the the leap here. Because those are the guys with first-round talent, grades, possibility, and it's like everybody else feels like a mid-round pick. And so I'm going to throw out the first guy that I kind of like. So there's like three or four guys from the, let's say, fourth to the sixth round yep. that I kind of like and I kind of think could be Patriots options, uh, yep. depending on how the board shakes down. So I am going to start with the – who do I want to start? There's two that I want to talk about. Let's start pick with one, then uh, I'll pick one because I have a feeling mine might be one of them. 
Clayton Toon, whose first name is John, so therefore he's John Clayton Toon, former uh, ESPN football analyst, uh, out of Houston, 24-year-old, six foot, two and a half, 220 pounds, three-time captain. Um, He reminds me of Hoyer with better ability. Like, I literally was watching him, and I was like, this looks like Brian Hoyer. They The the visual in my mind jumped right to um, Brian Hoyer. 104 touchdowns to 41 interceptions, 63% uh, completion percentage. Um, but it jumped up the last couple years to, like, 67%. So I think he was playing his best football for Houston as it ended. Um, stupid little thing that probably doesn't matter in, because we know the Patriots are a three-cone team, ran the fastest yep. three-cone of any quarterback at the Combine, okay. if you care about those things as they rate him. Um, certainly has the toughness, takes chances with the football at times that I don't think a guy of his ability should probably be doing. Sometimes it makes plays and sometimes it makes mistakes. Um, average arm, but I think this is a guy that could be, I'm not saying he's an NFL starter by any means, but I think this guy could be a solid NFL backup. Yeah, like it it looked very um like if Brock Purdy didn't have a ton of swag. That's how I kind of right. felt a little bit watching Clayton Tune. Um like there's moments where I'm like, "Oh, this kid can play football." But there's other times where I'm like, "All right, his arm strength isn't great. He's not a nope. he's not excellent down the field." Nope. Like y- yeah, he's he's pretty good otherwise. Like he's surprisingly a little bit mobile. But he's yeah. not gonna he's not gonna be like kill you with his legs. Uh, and the big thing for me is when he's under pressure, he just he a lot of times he'll just immediately stop looking downfield. And that's but I, you saw that with Brock Purdy in the NFL, he turned his back to his receivers like right. eight times a game. So I, you can make it work. Do I think it's a, a perfect recipe for success? No, but I, you know there's an avenue for sure. And the other thing I start, I've started to think about with these guys that are fourth, fifth, sixth round prospects is, could I see Clayton Toon um, slinging it around an XFL field? I yep. absolutely yes, I can. And I've started to think of some of these guys in that way. So, do you have a uh, do you have a mid to late round guy you have your eye on for a would be Patriot? Oh uh, yeah, it'd be Jaron Hall out of BYU. A uh, former baseball player, and you can yep. see it in the way he throws the football. Like he's a natural athlete. Absolutely. He's not. He's not a like a dedicated runner, but he can run the football. Uh, he's he's so six foot two oh seven, so he's not super tall, but he is stout. He's compact. Uh, four six two forty, which isn't bad. He doesn't have an insanely strong arm. He doesn't have like you know Patrick Mahomes played baseball. Oh, he has an awesome arm. He doesn't have like a Patrick Mahomes level arm, but it's good. He throws with good velocity, especially in those intermediate spaces, which I think is important. Uh, my big thing with him is he's really patient, which is good in a clean pocket, but to the point where he gets very flat footed at times and it makes him delayed in getting right. the ball out and, and, and processing and getting, getting through that read. So I think he would be a really good fun project quarterback for a team. Um, he's not going to start for you right away, but I, I think Jaron Hall would be uh, my like fifth, sixth round uh, quarterback pick. Okay. So another one that immediately looked like somebody to me, um, mm-hmm. that was Jake Hayner out of Fresno state. He okay. reminded me of Mac. He, he absolutely reminded me of Mac, three-time oh, captain. Okay. Um, he actually started at Washington, ended up at Fresno State. Um, 29 starts over the last couple of years, 68 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, 68%. Um, he, he doesn't have the size and he doesn't have the arm. Like, he's six foot yeah. 207, but I would argue Mac doesn't have the size or the arm either, and he's your first-round starting quarterback, theoretically. So um, this is a guy where he locks onto receivers at times, has the average arm, but, like, when you watch him, He's a solid all-around quarterback, solid all-around passer. Again, could he play in the XFL? Sure. 
And and when I say he looks like Mac, Mac like, I'm not sure that's a great thing. I'm just saying like that's not what great for Mac Jones. <laughs> no, that's that, that. Yes, that's probably the point that should be made. But this is another one of those guys that I feel like could just bounce around and have a long career. You know what he is? He's the guy's the um. What's the hell Chase Daniel? Cam, no, what? Well, yes, but what does Cam Newton call him? The he used some word for these guys that keep getting jobs that aren't him, like the regulars or the oh, um, the, damn it! I know what you're talking about. Well, but this guy could be one of those guys that Cam Newton's like, wait a minute, that guy has a job and I don't. Yes, and yes, that guy is not nearly as talented as you physically or athletically, but he can play the quarterback position. He can be a backup quarterback, and that's what I think of Jane Kaner. Yeah, Jake Hayer to me feels like the kid that, like, I'm not wishing this on anybody, you know, knock on wood, but, like, Deshaun Watson gets hurt, tears his ACL again, and all of a sudden Jake Hayner is the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. And he's like, he, he comes out and he's like, okay, he's not awful. Like, right, right. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like. The wheels didn't fall off completely. Yeah, it's like, okay, like, we can we can salvage this a little bit. Okay, so let's talk about two interesting guys, in my opinion. Because yep. they met in the national title game. And okay. you have, so you have Max Duggan out of TCU, who was a four-year starter, kind of, because he lost his job before this year, except then the other guy got hurt. So he took his job back and went on a run toward the national title, potentially. Yep. Um, 6 207. Uh, I was a little surprised to see a 4-5-240. He ran a little faster than I thought he would. Um, led the uh, FBS in like long touchdown passes. I've obviously had Quentin Johnston, which helps throwing yeah. it up to him, um, including, I believe the only points they scored in that uh, championship game, right? Yes. The long play to Correct. him was all they had. It was a slant um, route and Quentin Johnston took it to the house. Took it to the house. It makes you look good, but you know, mm -hmm. Brock Purdy did it with Debo Samuel and it goes down in the record book as an 80 yard touchdown or whatever the hell it yes, says. It does. So, um, so you have Max Duggan and then you have Stetson Bennett, the fifth, who is 5'11", 192, former walk-on, just as thoroughly unimpressive a great college football player as you'll ever find. I, I couldn't I agree more. I don't know how you marry up his success, national titles. I forgot what his record is. It's like 29-3 and three or back something. Back-to-back natties. Like... Yeah, and I believe, I believe he was the MVP of every college football playoff game he ever played and he played in four of them or whatever and he won the mvp of every like he should be a guy that excites me just like his resume yeah i i i don't think he can play <laughs> like, <it's laughs> don't either thing. okay you and i are on the same page so in terms of max duggan to me i don't think he gets drafted i think he's a udfa i think he fizzles out and he'll be in the xfl next year um i just you know good for you you made a run to the national championship i just don't think he is uh, I don't think he's good enough to play quarterback in the NFL. I think he is like a right-handed semi better thrower version of Tim Tebow. Like that's what it feels like to me. It, yeah. You can run the football. You're tough, cool. Good for you. I just don't think your arm and your talent and your ability to read defenses is anywhere capable of playing in the NFL. Uh, and then you look at Stetson Bennett. I could, I couldn't agree anymore. The most unimpressive back-to-back -back national championship quarterback I've ever seen. Like, I guess there's something to be said about that, but it's just like you watch him play quarterback and it's very black. Like the arm strength is very meh. Like his vision's fine. He's really good when he's in rhythm, which I guess is a good thing. But like, how often are you in rhythm? I guess that would be the other question, especially right. in the NFL when pressure's crazy. He is Bryce Young levels of small. Like he's not a big guy. He doesn't have great touch. He puts too much air on his balls a lot of the time. Like, Seems like a douche. Again, 
not this past year, but the year before he was throwing to friggin' George Pickens, who I don't know if you watched him made a highlight real catch every single week in the NFL. Um, and so, and, and then he's thrown a, a Brock Bowers every single play uh, this year. So like, look, Good for Stetson Bennett. I'm happy he got his two national titles. Welcome to the XFL. Have fun. Go back to Georgia and run a car dealership and be <laughs> exactly. Stetson Bennett Ford, where you're, we'll give you the you're best. Never going to pay for dinner in Athens, anyways. Just right. like go go live outside Athens. Okay, as I expected, this is the longest of the uh, prospect podcast we've done here on Six Rings. We're coming up on the 40 plus minute mark. Want to get two last guys in before Perfect. we wrap this puppy up? Two athletic guys. One oh, okay. you just mentioned. The Patriots uh, reportedly visited with Malik Cunningham out of Louisville, who first thing I would ask you, should we even be talking about him in this podcast? Because I don't think we should. I think he's an athlete, not a quarterback. I do not think he'll be an NFL quarterback guy. Rushed for a thousand yards two years ago. I think he had like 20 touchdowns. Yep. I think this is the classic. The Patriots go work him out and say, huh, what could we do with this? Where could we move him? And we're not yes. going down race here. I'm not going down any racial roads here. I'm just saying they did it with Julian Edelman. They said, this guy has heart. He has ability. He can play. We'll find a position. I think that is the story of Malik Cunningham is as an athlete or a, a slash or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, look, I, everybody's going to see black quarterback at Louisville and he runs really good. Oh, he must be Lamar Jackson. Stop. No, absolutely not. Like this is right off the bat. They, he is not Lamar Jackson. He is an ex exceptional runner of the football. He's quick. He's shifty. He's nimble when he's contacted. He's able to stay on his feet and keep moving. Like he runs faster than his four, five, three forty time, but he's not a good quarterback. Like his throwing motion is disgusting. It takes long to get out, even though it like it's, I guess, technically a quick release. It doesn't feel like it. Uh, and he's not very accurate throwing the football at all. He, he has, he is just so plain Jane when it comes to actually playing the quarterback position uh, that it's, it's kind of gross, but he's an exceptional athlete. And so I think you're right. I think the Patriots probably work him out and go, okay, look at this. This guy is fast. He's nimble. He's he, he's he's very good. Could he be a, a you know a scat back? Could he be a, a slot receiver? Could he be something like that that we might be able to mess around with? Right. And then the last one, who I believe I can say this confidently, is Matthew Slater's favorite quarterback prospect in the draft, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who athlete, dual threat quarterback. Uh, long career at UCLA felt like he was there forever because he started like right out the gates. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by him as a late round flyer guy, six, yep. one and a half, two Oh three. Um, I think he had, he, and the chip Kelly, uh, connection. Don't disregard that bill Belichick, chip Kelly, chip Kelly, bill Belichick, Dorian Thompson, like the whole thing. Um, I think he's a guy that has some dual threat ability that could play in the NFL that could, actually be one of those popular backup quarterbacks who in like the third preseason game, like in the second half goes off and people are like, wait a minute, why is he not Who's our starter? Guy? Well, yeah. because it's the preseason and he's not playing against real, real NFL players, but he has athletic ability, quarterback ability. I think he would be a fun seventh round flyer guy. I'm with you. Like he's very different to me than Malik Cunningham. Like Dorian Thompson yes. Robinson has the ability to play quarterback. Like he 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 has a pretty good arm. Yes, he's super athletic. Four five. What is it? Four five three forty. Four five six. Four five six. Uh, four five six forty. Like that's ninety third percentile, ninety fourth percentile. So he's really good there. I, you know, he makes a lot of mistakes playing quarterback. Like he fades off his back foot too much. Oh, he's yeah. gonna overthrow guys. But that that's to be again place. to be expected with a lot of quarterbacks in this 
in this class and in every class. Uh, so is there a lot of work to be done? Yeah, but I think there's some good things there. Like, I think there's some silver linings. It's a solid arm. It's not by any means elite, but he's he could be really good in like a read option kind of offense. Like if the Philadelphia Eagles draft him in the seventh round, and they're like, all right, perfect. We have like a break in case of emergency guy that can come in and run something similar to what we already do with Jalen. I think that's reasonable to ask. And so, uh, you know, I think there's some hope for Dorian Thompson Robinson to make some waves. At least I, I agree with you. I think the, the preseason stud analogy is perfect. So as we wrap up this six rings and prospect things, quarterback podcast, I'm going to ask you two questions, Chris Shine. In five years, the best quarterback to come from this draft will be, and uh, the okay. quarterback who the Patriots are going to select in this draft will be. Okay. Uh, the best quarterback in this draft, in my opinion, will be Anthony Richardson. I think Anthony Richardson will be um, a top five quarterback in the NFL within the next four years. Better than Josh Allen, we should repeat. Yeah. Yes, that was my hot take. Better, He will be better than Josh Allen, period. Uh, I think the quarterback that the the Patriots take, I'm going to go with Jared Hall. I think he's a little bit different than a guy like Mac. I think he's more, uh, even more kind of Hoyery, but more athletic and uh, not Hoyer, uh, more, more Bailey Zappi-esque, but more athletic. Uh, he's a little bit of that shorter stature again, but I don't think it matters. I think six foot 207 is fine. Uh, the kid can run. He's a little bit mobile and there's some things that he needs to work on, but I think there are things that you know, with a guy like Bill O'Brien, he could absolutely do, especially the way he throws the football. I think that could be uh, intriguing enough to get him in here. And then you have, you know, Mac Jones, and then two guys who could be gunslingers. And that's kind of what I see Jared Hall as. Okay, so I'm going to go with Bryce Young and not feel great about it as the best quarterback from this draft, because I think we're going to look back and say there are no top five type quarterbacks no Joe Burrows or anything no Justin Herbert no Patrick Mahomes in this draft and the guy that the Patriots go with I'm gonna go with John Clayton Toon out of Houston Patriots okay. go to Houston for uh, Marcus Jones maybe they go there for Tank Dell and they go there for their quarterback Clayton Toon a uh, Brian Hoyer lookalike late round backup quarterback so that's going to do it for Chris Scheim I am Andy Jumbo Hart this is the six rings and football things quarterback prospects podcast we continue to march toward the 2023 nfl draft we have a few more positions to do i think up next will be tackle an interesting position of need yes. for the patriots interesting position of talent and probably a potential target with the 14th overall pick so stay tuned as we continue to do our mel kuiper thing each and every podcast see ya yeah.